Welcome into another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside Joe Serrera as we get ready for week three of the high school football season here in North Carolina. And the game of the week in Greensboro is number one Dudley at number two Page, and we'll get into that one in just a few minutes. It's not the game of the week, that's the game of the year. Right? Game of the year, yes. uh, for okay. sure, Sorry. Uh, in Greensboro. Uh, but we'll, we'll go ahead and dive into that one uh, in a little bit. We're going to start off with a Thursday night game. It's number 5 Southwest Guilford at number 10 High Point Central. Uh, anytime these two teams get together or you mix in Andrews with one of these two teams, uh, it's always a dogfight. Joe, how do you see this one playing out? Kind of an interesting matchup in that uh, High Point Central is scoring a lot of points and giving up a lot of points. They were they were, found themselves way behind early in their opener against Parkland, came back, lost 44-37, got into a bit of a shootout with uh, Southern Guilford last week, winning 33-27. So they can score points, but it's their defense that's a question. Southwest Guilford is the opposite case. They're a team they have given up 10 points in two games. They're a team that plays defense. Uh, Their sophomore quarterback, Devin Flowers, has a lot of potential, but they're not asking him to throw the ball much right now. They're asking him with their defense to be more of a game manager. Uh, The lower the score in this, the more I like Southwest Guilford. I, li- I like the Cowboys to win this game overall, but uh, High Point Central's got enough firepower to to make it interesting if this becomes a, a shootout. I-, I think a lot of people were down on High Point Central before the year started, and then they went to Parkland. They did their game with Parkland, yeah. And that was the w- that was the wake up call for everybody. Like, oh wow, the- these guys are going to be able to compete this year yeah. because Parkland is the real deal. If you folks aren't aren't aware of Winston Salem Parkland and all the talent they have on that roster, uh, Martin. Samick, who uh, used to actually coach here in Greensboro, Greensboro, uh, uh, has a lot of talent on that team and has really turned that program around. So High Point Central, uh, even though they lost that game, made a statement, and it'll be interesting to see how they progress throughout the year. We move ahead to number four, Southeast Guilford, at number eight, Northwest Guilford. Northwest Guilford sitting at 2-0 on the year. Joe, I don't think they will remain unblemished. No, they're... Schedule degree of difficulty uh, picks up considerably this week. They opened, they were down 19-7 to Smith, came back and won that game 26-19. Last week they rolled up some points on a Western Guilford team that is very thin and very young, and uh, Southeast Guilford is a real test for them. The Southeast Guilford team has just kind of quietly been going about their business. You know, took care took care of the first two teams they played. They haven't been blowing people out, but they have nobody's been competitive with them either. Uh, I think this is a game that Southeast starts tuning up for bigger things later in the season and and, and probably dominates the game. Although Northwest Guilford with Cam Cloud, he's he's going to be a factor. Uh, he's a guy that they, you have to watch out for and account for on pass plays, on on jet sweeps, on kick returns. And if he if he scores a couple touchdowns, he could keep Northwest in the game. But uh, this is this is Northwest stepping up significantly in class, and I think uh, it's going to show. Joe, we have one more top ten matchup to discuss before we get into our game of the year, and that is number nine Grimsley at number six Eastern Guilford. Uh, Eastern Guilford was off last week, and Grimsley one and one right now. Uh, this is a team that I had pretty high hopes for. I, I picked them to go five hundred or above this year. Uh, Eastern Guilford is no slouch, though. This is going to be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, Eastern's still breaking in a young quarterback. Uh, Kamel Smith, a sophomore, he's got a lot of potential. 
also a new offensive system, or at least a lot of tweaks from what they've done in the past. New head coach Joe Glass, that's where he made the changes. He pretty much retained the defensive staff that was at Eastern Guilford, and why wouldn't he? That, that's been a great defense. You know, Those guys, those assistant coaches on that side of the ball have been part of that program, that community for a long time, and they do a great job. So the, the changes have been on offense. I think that's where it's going to take them a little while to develop. You, I have to wonder a little bit whether that week off this early in the season, not not by choice, they were supposed to play Hillsborough Cedar Ridge. They don't have varsity football this year, so they picked up another game later in the year to replace that. But uh, whether that week off early uh, allows Kamel Smith to look at film, develop more, or maybe it would have been better for him to just, just play another game quickly and kind of get back in the flow. We'll kind of see about that. Grimsley blew out Ashboro last week. No other word for it. 50-7, to former page coach Kevin Gillespie down there at Ashboro, and he's, he's in rebuilding mode. He's having to change the culture and uh, take some lumps to build for the future because he's got job security down there. You know, that's, they wanted him badly for that job. He wanted to be down there. He's not going anywhere, and he knows that, okay, we're going to lose some games badly the first year or two, but I'm going to get kids doing things the right way and get the right kids in the program. And Grimsley beating them 50-7 to was an example that. You know, Grimsley's got talent this year. They've got a settled quarterback situation with Christopher Zealous. They've got Quan Nora at running back, uh, one of the Goins brothers playing offense, defense. I mean, they, they've got talent. I think everything, every little thing that they needed to go right in their season opening loss at Northern Guilford kind of went wrong for them. And bouncing back the way they did, I think, is, is huge. Funny stat with them, though, they have not won back-to-back games since 2013. They've not won consecutive games. This would this would be a huge win for them against an Eastern Guilford team that's got talent and athleticism all over the field. Well, Joe, now it's time for the game that I think everybody in town has been waiting for. Uh, people will probably be starting to line up at around 7 o'clock in the morning get their tailgating spots for this one uh, because it, it's going to be nasty out there. Yes. Uh, number one, Dudley is visiting number two, Page. The last time the Panthers uh, were over at Marion Kirby Stadium, it was a one-point loss back in 2016. Uh, it, it's Though the Panthers have won four of the last five matchups mm-hmm. against the Pirates, um, I took Dudley in this one because of the play in the trenches. I think that the offensive and defensive lines of the Panthers are just going to be too much for the Pirates to handle. However, there are some mismatches all over the field that you and I are going to highlight here uh, that could give Paige the edge. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I'll start with, with one area where I think I have to give Paige a little bit of an edge in this game is, is quarterback play. And that's no knock on Richard Monroe at Dudley, uh, Alston Hooker if he plays for Dudley, but Javondre Page, the Page quarterback, is a guy who, because he's not a pure passer, he's not a pure runner, he can extend plays with his feet, and he did that all night against Northern Guilford last week. He he got some pressure from Northern Guilford. Page, Page's offensive line, as I'm sure you're going you're gonna to talk about in a moment, is very much a work in progress, and he had to move around and very rarely had a, had a clean pocket to set up. He had to move, but he's got the feet to do that. He's got the instincts of where to look. His receivers know how to move with him when he has to scramble. Uh, their sophomore tight end, Lawson Albright, made a 
couple of plays against Northern where he just he just rolled with his quarterback and found a dead spot, settled, and they converted and picked up uh, a first down. Uh, that's a place where, in my mind, when you've got an experienced quarterback who's been in those situations who can make plays when things break down, I think that's a little bit of an edge for Page, but, but I like Dudley a lot too. Uh, now, my issue with that analysis is Northern Guilford chasing you down and <laughs> yes. Peyton Page chasing you down are two very different things. And uh, Javondre Page is going to have some big, big fellas running him down that can move. And I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with that all night long. First and second quarter, he might have a shot to try and break out. By the time it's the third and fourth quarter and Dudley's still blitzing six or seven guys and loading the box up, uh, things are going to get a little dicey for Page if this offensive line cannot hold up. But you mentioned Lawson Albright, and that's a sophomore tight end. Tight end is is that lost art. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw Thaddeus Moss down at Mallard Creek a few years ago. Zach, he was a difference Zach maker. Kellum at East, East Zach Kellum at East Forsyth. He was a kid for a couple of years for us when we included Jawan Foggy played that slot yes. tight end role for yes. High Point Central. Very much so. We've yeah. seen kids like this come through and have had a lot of success and Lawson Albright is forcing teams to game plan for him at three games into his varsity career. You have to just think about what is the what is the ceiling for this kid, and it's he's nowhere close to it. Yeah, big kids who can move and can catch and block create all sorts of mismatch problems. And yeah, as you said, the tight end position has kind of fallen out of favor. But the ones that you see now, if a team has a tight end and uses it, they're really good because they're being used because you have to get them involved. And he's he's certainly an example of that. You know, you talked about the play up front. Uh, I think one of the things that that Dudley is going to want to do in this game is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, keep Page's offense off the field, and they've got Dudley has the the offensive front and the stable of running backs: Miles Smith, Marlon Darby, Nishan Wilhite, Milan Summers. Any one of those guys could score a couple touchdowns, could go for a hundred yards. You know, depending on who gets hot and who has the carries, but. The longer that they're keeping Page off the field, the more likely Page, I think, is to maybe get a little impatient when they do get back on the field and force something. And it also keeps the Page defense that that likes to be aggressive. If you can take advantage of them, if you can catch them rushing upfield, just just going hell-bent for leather after the quarterback or the running back, which Page likes to do, and they're really good at it. If you can break containment on that and get through that first wave of defenders, you can run for a lot of yardage now. I think those Page defenders are going to knock them for a lot of big losses in this game. And, And if they can get whoever Dudley's quarterback is into throwing situations where they know they can come after him, all that size for Dudley up front those guys aren't quite as quick as the Page defensive linemen. And when those Page defensive guys on their front are dancing around right before the snap, looking for gaps, not not putting you in a position where you know you can get a hat on a hat, they make it really difficult for you. Well, Joe, uh, I think my best advice to everybody in town is if you are not leaving Greensboro for the holiday weekend, uh, you should be at this football game because this is going to be the best game between city schools that we will see all year. Uh, get there early. Parking at Page is not the easiest. Uh, it, 
it's going to be a good time. The grills will be going. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the fish fry will be going as well. And uh, I'm kind of upset I'm going to be missing the game. I, I won't be back in time traveling from uh, from my other football job. But uh, it's it's going to be amazing out there and quite the scene. And, and I expect the fire marshal to be capping uh, the capacity over at Marion Kirby Stadium. It's it's going to be a special one, folks, and I hope that you can get out there and support these young men, both sides. Uh, their coaches uh, and and the athletes work really hard, and they're at it full speed this week. They're really trying to get this thing going. This game, even though it's a non-conference game, means a lot uh, to everybody in the city. So uh, get on out there. It'll be uh, you know regular Regular kickoff times uh, yes. across the board, other than the Southwest Guilford High Point Central uh, Thursday night game at Simeon and, Stadium. And High Point Christian, which plays its games at the at High Point s- Sports Complex. At 7 o'clock. At 7, right. And they're playing an Oak Grove team that, uh, with a name on their as their head coach that might be familiar to some folks around here, Mark Holcomb, yep. former North Davidson guy. He got his first win in the, against Carver in their first game last week. So uh, that's, a, that's a nice matchup for High Point Christian. Certainly is. This has been another edition of the HS extra pep talk podcast make sure you follow us on twitter at turkin 35 and at joe serrera nr and we'll be back next week take care everybody